Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we air a message taught on Wednesday night of March 25th, 2020. This week's text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Due to the length of this message and the necessity to fit it into five days of broadcast, we go immediately into today's slice of this week's message entitled, Spirit, Baptism, and Seeking Gifts. You see, before Christian baptism, there was the baptism of John. Before the baptism of John, there were many baptisms in that culture, in that world. There were the idea is that when you were immersed in water, proclaiming your allegiance to the name of a God, that was symbolizing you belong to that God. And so Paul is chiding them here. This, is, this, this reeks of sarcasm. He says, Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Then he says, now this is in light of people saying, I'm choosing to follow Paul versus I'm choosing to follow Paulus or I'm choosing to follow Peter. He says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus. He was the one that baptized that first leader of the synagogue that believed. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one would say that he was baptized in my name. Now, Paul is a man after my heart. He remembered what else he didn't think of. Now, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. In other words, he baptized people galore. But he's saying, I'm glad that in Corinth there were so many people being baptized that I didn't personally baptize a whole bunch of people. Probably Timothy and, the, and, and Silas, the others with him, did most of the baptizing. So uh, we've seen him use the word baptize for water baptism as a symbol of stating your allegiance to Jesus Christ. We've also seen Paul in this very book use the exact same word baptize as a metaphor for being closely identified with something, but not through water baptism. Remember where it was? In case you didn't print out the notes and you haven't seen it, back in chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren. Does that sound a lot like the beginning of chapter 12? When he switches subjects, he says something like that. I I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There wasn't water baptism in the name of Moses. What he's saying is um, that's describing Israel's um, oneness with Moses. They're connected to Moses. Moses is the guy that God used to lead them out out of their captivity in Egypt. And so they were inextricably identified with him. Now, rather than water baptism, 
This idea of being baptized into Christ fulfills a whole bunch of things that lead up to it. All right, here comes one of those things that a few weeks ago I called it an avalanche of Scripture. There's a whole bunch of stuff that builds up to this statement in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Let's just quickly run through them. Numbers eleven twenty nine. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them, crying out, I wish that everybody could have the Spirit of God on them. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 15, that looks forward to the coming of the Holy Spirit to be, quote, poured out upon us from on high. In Isaiah 44, 33, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring. In Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. Then we move up to the last prophet of the Old Testament era, John the Baptist. He says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Oh, and by the way, Jesus' disciples also baptized in His name in water. But He's promising something bigger and more universal. John seven thirty nine. this is referring to Jesus. But this He spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now remember, John was written close to 100 A.D. He's looking back on that time and he's saying during that time, they had not yet received the Spirit because Jesus hadn't yet gone to the Father. He hadn't been glorified. And then you have what Jesus said to the disciples at the Lord's Supper that night before He went to the cross, John 14, 16, and 17. He says, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may be with you forever. That is, the Spirit of truth. Now, the context there, they were very sad that He said He was going away. And He says, we're going to give you another helper. Like I've been a helper to you, this one's going to be with you all the time. He is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not behold Him or know Him, But you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. That's some of the best preposition theology anywhere in the Bible. He is with you and He will be in you. The preposition is going to change. There's going to be something new and different when the Holy Spirit is in you. And then Acts chapter 1 verse 5, just before Jesus ascended, He says, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. All those things looking forward to a time when the Spirit would come upon people as never before. Well, guess what? The fulfillment of all those promises came with tremendous um, power in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. 
And after this happened, then Peter gave an explanation of the phenomena that people saw when the Holy Spirit arrived in his new ministry and believers. We don't have time to go there, but you might want to go read Acts 2, uh, 15 through 21. This was the arrival of the predicted outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, Peter referred it to Joel's prophecy. He quotes from Joel chapter 2, and he calls it in Acts chapter in Acts 2:33 he calls it the promise of the holy spirit and in chapter 2 verse 38 he calls it the gift of the holy spirit now theologians quibble about whether peter referring to joel's prophecy does that mean that that's fulfilled now that the holy spirit has come well if you read the whole context in joel there's a whole lot of things predicted there that didn't happen on the day of Pentecost. So I don't necessarily think of it as a fulfillment because there's still a whole lot more to come and it's related to the, the second coming and the, and the kingdom. But I think that Peter is saying, guys, like Joel was talking about a very special new dispensation of the Holy Spirit, you're experiencing part of that right now. Um, So Peter was actually giving us, I would say, rather than a fulfillment, I think he was making an inspired application of Joel's words. Yeah, you can get to heaven if you don't agree with that. That's okay. Uh, It is the result of that pouring out of the Holy Spirit that a person becomes a member of the body of Christ. That's Jew and Gentile together, united in Christ. That's the truth that is stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit coming upon, indwelling, by one Spirit we have all been baptized into one body. The baptism in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 is the act by which you are placed into the body of Christ when you believe. In that case, Christ is the baptizer in a remote sense, but the the Spirit is the agent of baptizing, putting you into, immersing you into, uh, perfectly identifying you with Jesus Christ. Like they were baptized into Moses, you're baptized into Christ. Now, this is where it starts to get really interesting. We might look at when and why the baptism of the Holy Spirit was delayed. This was not a once-for-all thing limited only to that day of Pentecost. Now, there were some miracles that happened on that day that were limited only to that day, but there 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 were other times when people came to faith, and similar things happened. There were the uh, Samaritans in Acts chapter 8, verse, verse 16. When they came to faith, the same phenomena happened that happened in Acts chapter 2. And then when Gentiles first came to faith as a group under the ministry of Peter in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 and 45, and chapter 11, verses 15 and 16... Um, they too saw the same phenomena. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.